Hi, all, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin and my hubby, EJ Kerwin. That's me right over here. (laughs) And we are always just so happy to be here. And again, just want to say thank you. Our intention for our podcast is to help hundreds of thousands of millions of couples learn how to be in a joyful relationship as much as we can with all the stressors that happen in our daily life. So that is why we show up here every Friday and put out these podcasts. And again, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. I am happy to be here. Like, you know, just... It's been something I've been thinking a little bit about lately is just that importance of just being grateful to just be. It's so easy. There's so many things coming to us externally, constantly that grab our attention. And some of them are, you know, really wonderful. And a lot of them are challenging. And But there's just this, I don't know, just this important thing about really just remembering to be thankful for, for being alive and, you know, having having this life we have. Here we are. Here we are. And I think that sort of folds well into our uh, our topic today. First of all, this is the first time in a bit that it's just you and I. Yes, I'm so happy to be back because I love yeah. these. I love having our guest speakers. We've had some great interviews, um, but I, it's it's kind of nice just to settle back into this space with you and Absolutely. just kind of talk to you. And So the name of our show today is Changing Together. We love it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that is a central component to the work we do with couples and sort of the message we we put out, you know, becoming your best selves together, which means we each have our own, you know, changes and our own growth. And we want to just sort of revisit that topic today, right, T? Absolutely. And it's, you know, one thing I, I think this is going to be a decent amount of us talking about ourselves that whole concept of changing together, you know, being committed to your own personal growth, doing your best to be supportive of your partner is a great concept. It's not easy. It's not easy. As you were talking, I'm like, why does it have to feel so hard? What I'd really like to do is just have a really cool, happy, joyful relationship and like it just be done. Like we we enjoy each other. We are best friends, but that is definitely not our reality or any of our clients' reality. And I'm guessing not a lot of reality for those that are listening to our podcast right now. And so it does take a lot of work to really be in a relationship that feels loving, connected, emotionally safe, and intentional. And so we are going to share our journey and how that has really cultivated, improved connection, awareness for ourselves and for each other. When you were saying like, why can't it just be just this amazing, like best friendship and emotionally connected and intimately vibrant and all that stuff, like thing that a lot of couples say, you know, they come in frustrated. We definitely have been frustrated ourselves in our own relationship at times that it's just naturally that not that way. And that's just like, it's such, I think it's just such a trap. You know, it's a trap because I think our assumption is it just should be. Yes. You know, that we found this person and if it was, if it was really meant to be, if it was supposed to be that lifelong relationship, then it would just be easy. 
And if it's hard, then it's a problem. And I just think it's a trap in thinking. Yes, I have to say this too, because so don't judge when you hear this, but my daughter and I love watching The Bachelorette. And I look at these like flourishing like relationships and they're just like, I'm so in love and I, I'm so happy and I didn't know it could ever be this way. And I'm like, is that, is there something wrong with us? Like, and I'm like, are they going to, and, and I just have that feeling of like, oh, what they portray, that's the beginning. That's the honeymoon period. There's so much more that goes along with what it truly means to feel deeply connected. So as I'm watching The Bachelorette and I'm thinking, this is so bad. I'm thinking, oh, you have no idea what's in store for you if y'all decide to get married. Well, there's literally years <laughs> more to the story, right? I mean, it's like it's like all you have in a show like that is just sort of the you know, the first chapter basically. And it's like, it's a long book. It's like Don Quixote. It's like war and peace. You know, a relationship is a long book. And that first chapter often has, you know, a lot of excitement. And I know, or, you know, coming back to us a little bit, like early in our relationship was so much fun. Mm -hmm. You know, there was this really carefreeness and cooking for one another and swimming late at night and, mm -hmm. you know, even our honeymoon, you know, so, so much fun. And, and then just, you know, it's a, it's a long story. So, so let's okay. circle back to, and this is something that goes beyond us as therapists. This is our story. Our story is like, we said from the very beginning, even from the honeymoon phase, I think was like, we want to get better together. Yes. I don't know if we actually got exactly what what that entailed or what or what was in chapter 10 and 12 and right. 8, you know. Right. I mean, so what's hard about that for you, Tara? Like what's the part of this whole like commitment that we have to one another to becoming our best selves, individually evolving? Like what is hard about that? I think for me, cuz I know we're going to have very different like perspectives on this. I think for me, what is hard about that is that I have to be, again, like I would say, I wish I could just like put my head in the sand and like everything just functions and it's all good and I don't have to do the work, but that's not true. And every single day, almost every hour, I am doing work to try to keep my heart open to you my heart open to the overwhelming busyness of our lives. And I'm trying to process through any stress and resentments and whatever they might be. I get very overstimulated. And, you know, we have four kids and four animals and a business, a very thriving business with a lot of staff. And I get very overstimulated. And what I really want to do is like close the world out and lock myself in a room and watch murder porn all day. Like that, That's like my... When I'm part of that <laughs> world that you want to lock out sometimes, right? Right. But I can't do that, right? I cannot do that. And so I'm constantly working on my own internal environment 
to say, okay, like just this, sometimes I'll even go like, okay, this hour I'm going to get breakfast ready. I'm going to pack the kids lunch. I'm going to clean up. I'm going to fold that basket of laundry just for this hour. Because if I don't do that, then I get overwhelmed. And then I start to future broadcast like the rest of my day, like, oh my God, it's going to be such a crazy day. Like I never have any downtime. And and I, I realized that that really for me, built resentment and stress. And so I, for me, am breaking it down like every hour now, you know, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but so I'm going to just stop and say, for me, the hardest thing is that it's constant work when sometimes I just don't want to do it. I just want it to be okay. And there are many moments that are okay, but that's because I'm doing the work. Yeah. How, can I ask the same question? Yeah. EJ, what is difficult for you? I am so curious. I mean, what's what's difficult for me when I really distill it down is just the idea that that some of the things I need to change to have a great relationship with you and some of the things I need to change to become my best version of myself are making fundamental changes of who I am. And those those things that I have to change are oftentimes like sort of the the functions within my operating system that have allowed me to survive for a long time. Right. That they're how I've coped with complex relationships before. Yes. They're how I've functioned in the workplace. They are like fundamental to who I am and I don't even have to try to do them. And if I'm living like in a silo and I'm not in an intimate relationship, I can kind of let them just like autopilot me for the rest of my life on some level. And you oftentimes, because I've asked you to, you reflect back to me like, hey, you're not being present. Hey, you're not being expressive of your emotions. Hey, you're distant. Mm-hmm. And, and it's frustrating yeah. because because I'm trying to figure out like, how do I still function in the world? How do I still like feel like safe and comfortable and yet completely change some of these like really fundamental aspects of myself? And I want to do it, but it's really hard. And you pretty consistently are like, hey, you're not doing it. And that's okay. And and it's not, you're not necessarily directly saying it, although sometimes you directly say it. Oh, I'm trying but, to but, say this is what would feel very meaningful for me now at this point, but I used to say that. But but even like, I can just see it in your eyes or something. Like when I can, when I'm feeling like, when I just can tell like, wow, she's really distant from me. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's probably has to do with a way in which I am right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't even have to like throw it in front of me. So circle back, what's difficult is it, is that I'm making fundamental changes to myself and also those fundamental changes, when I struggle with them, I see how they distance me from you. And that's really, that's really hard because I want to be close to you, but I don't always like know how to. Absolutely. I'm, can I, I, I relate a lot to what you just said, because before I met you, it was very easy for, I was, I call myself a serial monogamist. And so I could leave if I wasn't happy Bye-bye. See you later. I know we've been together for six years, but obviously the grass is greener. 
see you later. But that was like so unhealthy, but I didn't even know it was unhealthy. I, I just thought like, oh, like that person is definitely not working for me. My heart doesn't feel happy. And then once I met you, it was just this different feeling of like, I've tried to leave you, right? You remember that. I remember it very clearly. <laughs> and you were like, okay, go ahead. Like, I was like, what? And I remember I like, I my heart didn't want to for the first time ever. And I was in my mid thirties. I was like, I really actually don't want to leave EJ. Like he's really cool. And so now I'm having to like, take over three decades of like protecting myself and not looking at my stuff because I can't run anymore and I can't just go to the next relationship. And I have to be like, what is going on for me? Because even in the beginning, especially after the twins were born and whatever, I still blamed you. I'm like, oh my, what was I thinking? Like how, what is going on? Like all I want to do is just Kelgon, take me away. But that was just my own overwhelm, my central nervous system, not knowing how to regulate and since then, I mean, I've been in and out of therapy, but I am way more consistent now in it. And it's really helping me to be accountable for my own flight response. And also to, I think one of the biggest things, and I know this is going to be in our next podcast, so I don't want to go too in depth, but we suffer together, right? Because we come up with our triggers with each other. And what we really want to do is go into default mode and use those like unhealthy coping skills or defense mechanisms to like avoid the pain. And I'm really trying to be like, okay, how do we help each other through our suffering instead of defending each other from our suffering? And that was the biggest shift. And I don't think I could have gotten there without my own therapy support. I mean, I love my therapist. It gives me my own space to talk about whatever it is I need to talk about, but it helps me be accountable for my own stuff. So I'm not blaming and projecting, you know, all that uncomfortable to you. Yeah. Okay. That, that, thank you. Cause you just circled it back to something that, that I wanted to make sure we touched on in this is that the other thing that's really challenging about when you're both doing your individual work, which oftentimes means both of you going to therapy, or at least like, you know, that you're, you're individually reading books or whatever, you're doing things that are evolving you. And it's sort of separate from your partner, right? Is that I think inevitably, it creates some tension in the relationship. And I've, I've definitely witnessed this as a, as a clinician hearing couples talk about like, oh, my partner's in therapy or I'm in therapy or is that like, it's a little threatening because, you know, you like you come back from your therapy session and you're like, well, I talked about this and we got to change this. Like, this is not working. And when you did this and it's just like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, you're like off someplace else, like changing without me or mm-hmm. you're or you're making judgment calls on on our relationship without me being involved and i think it for a lot of people it's really threatening and i think you have to like sort of build up some like emotional resilience around it and trust because i know there's been times like you've come back from a therapy appointment or something and you say something and it's about our relationship and i have this like instinct where i just tighten in my chest yeah. and i'm like wait a minute yeah and then like i said i've seen it definitely in counseling with individuals who like i shared this with my partner and they got really upset does that make sense it does and it what it brings me to is that i mean to me like a significant core 
fear of like feeling, what if I'm not enough? And so if we have a partner that's like, we see them bettering themselves or going to therapy and like, I've heard this, I've seen that, I've experienced like, oh my gosh, what if they like work on themselves and get really healthy and like they actually decide that move on. I'm not good enough. They don't want to be with me. And so and so that person will try to sabotage it however it can cuz it's really at the individual level it's like a fear of rejection not being good enough, but maybe that person doesn't even realize it. And so there's these unconscious um sabotaging techniques if one person is again trying to get healthier without the other person and they're not talking about it and and ultimately what I know is that when both people in a relationship are working on themselves, again, whatever that looks like, therapy, books, exercise, support groups, whatever it is, that at the end of the day, whatever happens to your relationship, you're going to be able to have a lot more clarity and freedom to choose, is this the relationship that I can be in that works, right? And yeah. and ultimately it is because that's the relationship that even gave you the fuel to want to be better in the first place. Yeah. And you you also have to be patient with the fact that one person might be a little more bought in mm-hmm. than the other person, or one person might be just like sort of making progress faster, or gaining insights faster, and one person might be more, you know, dedicated or whatever. Like you can't expect that from the beginning you guys just go through this process totally parallel to one another, you know, that that I know both ways. Like there's sometimes where I think like I have this perception that you're like, I'm doing all these changes and what are you doing, EJ? You know, and hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. I and, didn't know that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And and I think like, you know, there's like, but what I'm really committed to in our relationship and and is like I really trust that if one of us is struggling, the other person is going to be there for the other person or if one person is really like gaining insight that that's just gonna like help and as long as I can keep like an open heart and maybe hear a difficult thing that you're seeing before I'm seeing Mm -hmm. that like wow that's like a win-win but it takes a certain mindset to enter that and so that to me is like you know we always like to give you listeners something to work on here is like I know I have to work on knowing when like my heart or mind is closing to you and when there's something that you say about your personal growth or about our relationship that if I feel like myself like tighten in the chest if I feel my mind start to formulate arguments of like why that's incorrect I know that that's not going to help and so I try to be like super aware of when we're having difficult conversations, like we had a really difficult moment a couple nights ago where I felt myself like physically, like I felt myself like fading away from you. I saw it, yeah. felt it too. <laughs> and and so like I try to catch myself, like that's not helpful. This might be an uncomfortable conversation. You might be telling me difficult things, but I have to stay present. I have to stay open-hearted, open-minded, And that, to me, if you're going to change together, you have to adopt a mindset of really being aware when you're shutting down. Right. Where are my limitations, right, in holding healthy emotional space when it's about me and my partner is triggered because of me? Because we, I could support you if you are like having issues with your parents or kids. I'm like all day long. How can I support you? 
But when it comes to us, it's like, oh, because that's when we're faced with our stuff. And I also wanted to say this because it's really important that relationships change constantly, right? Because our life changes. We have kids. We move. We get different jobs. We grow older. We have changes in our body. Like we have to be able to individually support ourselves through our developmental progress, understand what that means. Cause like, I am not 24 years old anymore. <laughs> you know, we are not going to be swimming at night, like having a good time plan. No thanks. I'd rather be sleeping, <laughs> but if we're not careful, we'll get stuck in this narrative. Like, Oh, there's something wrong with us. Cause we don't swim at night anymore. Instead of like, you know, well, we, our life is really busy and we're okay with going to bed at night instead of skinny dipping at night with a margarita. Like that's okay. But if we're not careful, again, we get stuck in the narrative. Then we think that there's something wrong with us. And why don't we laugh like that anymore? No, it's, we've grown, we've matured, we're transitioning in a different way. And again, those are individual changes within the relationship. And so me having my own therapy and trying to be aware of a lot is I also look at how am I different from when we first met? What are the changes I've gone through? What are my new roles? Where am I really suffering outside of just, you know, when we get into our own conflict, you know? Yeah. I mean, so we have had a year where both of us have really, like the stakes have gotten higher or something. Like our personal growth, like we're we're in something right now. Would you agree with that? Like we're in, both of us are in a place of like, wow, it's a little scary. It's intense. It's really exciting. But, you know, we're in a place where we're both growing and moving through a lot. I'm so glad you said that. I got goosebumps. That means (laughs) this is huge because... I really want anyone listening to know that most of the time it takes something really hard or repetitive things to be like, oh my gosh, okay, something has to change. It's not like, oh, this last year we're like finally deciding to like take a deep look at ourselves. We've always been those kind of people, but I think that EJ and I, right, together we were in this like place of overwhelm together. We weren't doing our date nights. We weren't having quality time. Like we were okay with that because we were building Life was out of balance. Yeah. But then it wasn't sustainable anymore. And there was really like, okay, like we've done this now for like three or four years being on, what's a good word for it? Like warp speed. Thank you. (laughs) Like I can no longer do this. Like I can't, like there was something in me that was like, I I can't, like um, I have no more space. And we had a really difficult conversation. And so most of the time, sometimes it takes that to kind of really say, okay, we're really going to make these shifts now. We're going to freaking just jump right in. You're in your own individual therapy. I'm in my own individual therapy. You know, you're doing your own self-care things. I'm doing my own self-care things. We're also really talking and being vulnerable and really working on our defense mechanisms, but it took a lot to get there. So it is okay if you have to hit crisis mode to then say, oh, okay. You know, it's okay. I just wanted to say that. And it's also okay that even in the midst of that, there's still a really difficult moments. Like just even in the past, like I think like three weeks or so, we've had a couple of moments where things were going so well for a period of time 
and then we've had like this like hiccup or we've had this mm-hmm. like knock off the rail thing and that that's a part of it too. I'll tell you what, like I feel like what we're much better at through all of this work is that we recover more quickly. We recover more quickly and it's always like, I'm always so thankful it's happening. Always so thankful because I truly feel this, that the universe gives me these difficult experiences so I can get through them. Sometimes I don't want to, but I do. And it makes me a better partner, mom, therapist, because I work through them. Sometimes working through one takes longer than the other, but I'm always a worker bee, whether that's, you know, external or internal. And so I'm always so grateful because I trust in myself that no matter what, I'll be okay. And that I'm a really resilient person and I'm really strong. And I feel like that trust in myself allows me to be brave in the work that I do. And so I'm just like, bring it. I'm ready to learn. You know, again, still get tired, still get exhausted, still want to go shut myself in a room and watch murder porn. But here's what's like, like kind of a, a mind screw about that, right? Is that, okay, here's this person that you love, that you had this period of time probably where it was sort of easy and it was beautiful and amazing. And then they are the exact person who it feels like are disrupting your flow or, or your wellness, like more so than, than anybody. Like I know like that there have been the ways that I have been with you or, or dynamics that have developed in our relationship that have been just so intolerable to you. And it's just like, that's where it gets like, how do I know to stay with it? So I, I can answer that one for me. If you weren't doing your own work, I don't think I would have stayed in this relationship. Like I know that you're a person, even though stubborn and very avoidant at times, that you love me and that you allow me to challenge our relationship in healthy ways. And so that's, you know, but if you kept doing your own avoidance thing and you weren't working on yourself and you weren't trying to be intentional during difficult moments, I mean, there's only so much. I can't caretake that, right? And so it's, again, and it's, if your partner is like not motivated to do that, to me, it's not about like, oh, they just don't love me. It is just a deep fear of like, but this is who I've always been and who would I be without what I have now? And so you've got to be able to get to this place of like really being curious about your partner's suffering or our own suffering. And then you have a chance, hopefully. Yeah, because you've... You have balanced getting frustrated with me and being over it and also being patient and loving. And ultimately, both of those are always going to exist. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like you're going to eradicate and just always be like so supportive and, and loving. Like, sometimes we get with the other person where we're like, darn it, like, oh. But that's what has made this relationship work for me is that. Sometimes you just like blow me away with just how thoughtful and loving and accepting you are. And sometimes you're pissed at me and that's okay. But that's also the beauty of, you know, because what's the title of our podcast? Changing. Changing together. Changing together. That I am always aware of. Now that I see my blocks, I see my limitations, I see where I want to blame and project onto you and I'm definitely better at that. It now opens space for me to enjoy our time together and to look at you 
as my best friend and my partner instead of someone who's constantly making me overwhelmed because that's not you. That's my own nervous system from my own trauma background and, and it's all okay. And so if I wasn't doing that work, I probably wouldn't have space for you. And I would just look at you as the reason for being suffering, but my own work, right? It's growing us closer together. And that's the major hiccup that couples have a hard time getting over is they just see their partner as the source of their suffering and they blame them. And then they say, well, the only real way to get out of this suffering is if I just get out of this relationship. And, and clearly there's limitations to that when it comes to, you know, certain like really destructive behaviors, abuse, you know, there are certainly lines in the sand, but, but there's also many lines on the other side of it where it is just like, no, like your partner is confronting you with your own areas of growth and sticking with it if it, it has a baseline of safety, yes, sticking with it is the pathway to me becoming my better self, for you becoming your better self, for us having an amazing relationship. And it's a hell of a lot of work. And so again, for our listeners today, we hope our message you know, came out clear around the importance of individual work for the sake of the couple. Right, And whatever that looks like and holding yourself accountable to make the changes. And that doesn't mean whatever that looks like for the future of your relationship. That's just like, how do I right now create space to heal whatever that healing is? You know, so think about it. I, I hope your thoughts and feelings are you're curious after listening to us today around like, ooh, What could I do? What could we do? What conversation could we have? And we're always available on our social media for support, questions. We can go deeper into a topic. We are here. Yeah. You can reach us. Well, and your feedback helps us help others better. So any questions or topics you want us to go further into, please just reach out to us through our our email, info at relationshiprenovation.com or or either of our social media. And I just want to say I am very grateful (laughs) for you, Tara, for our relationship. I'm very proud of us. I am too. And I I hope people hear like we don't know. And we're just trying to see what works and what doesn't and trying to be these thought leaders models of like how to get through really difficult times together and and then give our hearts to you and to our clients here. And, you know, and that's enough for us right now. But again, you know, we learn from each other and from our audience and from our clients. And so we're truly grateful for you out there. Thank you so much for listening. All right. Take care of yourself. And each other.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.